Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. You can follow along on the screen or on page 4 of the bulletin. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you all here. Um, yeah, my name is Matt Eswan. I've met a few of you in the last couple nights and look forward to meeting many more of you over the coming, the coming days. But it is exciting to be here um, at Trinity. I was in talking with people. I have visited Trinity at a different meeting location back in 2012. I was connected with Iron Kim and I grew up in Orange County. So in, in Cyprus, I've gone by way in various other places. But it is good to be with you guys this morning. And I'm just grateful for the welcome here and the intentionality of your your search team and the folks here, and so it is just good to be with you. There's much more I could say about that, but I think where we are here is, is looking at the, the Word of God um, in Colossians chapter 4, and I've listened to some of the services online here, and you guys walking through John 17 and the, uh, the prayer of Jesus for us, and this, this text is one that is um, meaningful to me in a calling to Live watchful lives of prayer. So let me pray to begin, and then we'll uh, dig into this text some more. But would you pray with me? Lord our God, we are grateful for your love. Lord, we praise you that you are our vision, that you lead us, you guide us, you direct us. Lord, would you speak to us by your word this morning, leading us to live watchful lives, following after you, not by our own power and strength, but by the grace of God at work within us. Lord, you alone can make this happen. Fill us with your spirit. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I don't know about you, but over the last number of years, as you've seen people walking around, there are a lot of distractions in their lives. And I know we all know the dangers of distracted driving, right? The, the, the accidents that come from that. But over the last number of years, there have been a lot more cases of injuries from distracted walking, right? Walking is not that dangerous of a thing to do in most cases, right? And to, to, to share an example, my, my buddies, some of my good friends from seminary, we are on a, a Marco Polo, an app where you send video messages back and forth, and um, we, we just share things about what's going on. I just looked at a video this morning of my buddy who is a, grinding a stump in Bozeman, Montana on his property, so really exciting, important things that are going on there. But I have another buddy who is an, an, an international missionary, and it was hilarious that just, you know, about two months ago, he was there sending a video, and I could hear him, he's going, ah, 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 and he was running while sending us a video on Marco Polo, and he said, guys, I really shouldn't be doing this, because I might, and before you do it, he was on the ground, and he had to send a reply message like, okay, guys, I'm okay. I just fell while I was running, trying to send this message, and trying to say this was a bad idea for me to do this thing. 
this, this case is not isolated either. It's, and, and I see it in my own life that as I prepare to do things, I will think like, okay, I've got to make a phone call for work. Okay, let me grab a cup of coffee. Let me grab the dog. Let me try and think through other things and walk out the door. And I'm like, I can't open the door anymore. I have no hands. And I just don't know what to do. But there are so many distractions before me as I seek to go through my, my everyday lives. And, and I think part of it is the desire of like, man, I want to be able to multitask. I want to be able to get a lot of things done. But before I know it, I am, I am distracted. And, and it's interesting. There was a study that was done about five years or so ago that, that dug into this, this impact of uh, pedestrians being um, hurt while walking. Just one of the statistics that showed up there is that 78% of U.S. adults believe that distracted walking is a serious issue. But three quarters of Americans say it's other people's problem who walk distracted. Only 29% of respondents admit that they personally have an issue. Um, And again, I, I say this in jest partially, but I think as we look at our lives, the tendency for us to go through our lives distracted from what is going on in front of us is there all the time. As I um, as, as a father, I see that so often as I am with my girls and the tendency when I, when I walk into a room or a restaurant and there is a game on, my eyes automatically turn to that. I might have no desire, no care for whoever it is. I'm like, okay, I'm getting pulled into this. When the most important people in my life are right here beside me asking me, hey, daddy, what, do you see that? Do you see that? And this tends to go through our lives distracted by things. And, and I think the p- part of the study that was done was with the advent of smartphones. It's just they're looking primarily at texting to begin with, and then you can search all sorts of things. And I, I can't help but notice that when a, my phone buzzes, whatever was on my mind, I get distracted from that if I don't intentionally set my gaze, um, watch in a, in a meaningful pattern to stay focused on where I'm at. And I think this, this passage here from, from Paul in the book of Colossians 4 is, is calling the church of Colossae to, to live in a watchful manner, to, to go through their lives with their eyes open to what God is doing before them, to, to have their heads up rather than being lost and distracted in what is, what is around them. And so as we go through this, this text this morning, we're going to look at how we are called to live watchfully in our prayer, in our walk, and in our talk. And just by way of introduction, the book of Colossians um, is one that, that, that Paul wrote while he was imprisoned. It was one that he wrote to encourage the church to see that Christ is supreme above everybody else. False teachers are trying to lead you astray, but Christ is the only one who can, can save you. And even within this, this place and this protection from false teaching, his desire for the church was to be a missional community who is reaching out, showing love and care for them. And this passage here are some of the final instructions that, that Paul offers to uh, the people that are there. And, and his words are saying, because of the grace of God that you have received, because of what you have received from the Lord, live watchfully. And so what does it mean for us to be, be watchful in our lives? It means to, to be awake to be alert, to have your eyes open, to see what is going around you, paying attention to things that are there, intentional with, with what we do and how we, how we spend our time. And a big part of this picture that it looks at is our eyes are to be open, recognizing 
that this is the world that God has made. We are in his kingdom, and he is at work all around us, yet we are so often distracted that we miss what is going on before us. And so the first way that, that Paul calls the church, that we are called by the Lord to be watchful, is in our prayer. And you see that, that first there in verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, or be devoted to prayer is another uh, translation of that. And So we're to pray regularly as a part of our habit with perseverance. Pray and not give up. Pray continually is another word from the, the book of, of Thessalonians. Um, and, and I think as we see this, one of the encouragements from Paul in chapter 1 is that he says that I never cease to pray for you. Um, and within our, our lives, I think the, the thing that can, can happen to me is that as I, as I go through my spiritual life, prayer can become one of those things. It's just like when I've tried everything else, then I'll go to the Lord in prayer, right? If I haven't done enough, if I haven't gotten far enough along, I will pray as my last resort rather than coming before him. But this, this word here, this steadfast devotion, persevering thing that comes up, it, it makes me think of, you know, some of my, my same good friends that I'm on this Marco Polo chat with. When we were roommates together in seminary, what it meant for us to be steadfast and persevering in running is that we would run together at 6.15, three days a week. And what we would often say to each other is, if I had not committed to doing this last night, I would not get out and run this morning. If I waited until I felt like I wanted to go out on a run, I wouldn't get there. And there is a part in which our prayer lives, it's important for us to commit ourselves to regularly go before the Lord in prayer, to, to see his kingdom at work. Um, there was a, a quote in the, the reflection quotes that, that, that went through. Um, there was a little bit of a, a different perspective on this. You'll see that on the, um, within the early pages there. But it said this about, about, uh, about prayer, that Paul urges Christians to cultivate a regular prayer life from Christopher Beetham. Sweet communion with our Heavenly Father is at the heart of what Christ purchased for us with his own blood. He died to restore intimate uh, relationship between God and his people. Some view prayer as a duty rather than delight. Let me pause there. There are times in which prayer really is a duty for us, of committing ourselves, stepping into it. But we also must remember that prayer is commanded of us, of course, so it's a duty in that one sense. But it's sort of like being commanded to eat a large portion of your favorite dessert. Paul commands us to pursue what our soul longs for, an ever-deepening relationship with a soul-satisfying God. And I think there's a, a sweetness in this that, that Paul is desiring for us as the church to see, is that we are to devote ourselves, we are to commit ourselves to come to the Lord in prayer. But a big reason that I am often distracted is that I am unsatisfied with where I am. There are longings for, for being known. There are, are longings for purpose that as I go through my life, I, I would rather distract myself than realize part of my time in prayer is just saying, thank you, God, that you have made me. Thank you for giving me breath. Thank you for all that you have had before me. And this leads right into our, our living watchfully in prayer that we are called to be thankful in our prayer, grateful for all that God has, has provided to us. Um, and the sense of gratitude is repeated throughout the book of Colossians over and again of um, giving thanks to God for all that he has 
done for us, all that he has um, provided for us. And just, just yesterday, um, one, one of the blessings of being here back in Orange County, I'm living up in the Sacramento area now, is being near the beach. And with our girls, we, we love going to the beach. And there is something that happens, at least for me, when I walk out onto the sand, I see the ocean, I feel the breeze and the palm trees and a sense of, God, thank you for this beautiful, wonderful place. And then in having, having kids, another delight for me has been a gratitude of seeing my girls loving to, to put their toes in the water, to dip them in and just experiencing the beauty, the glory that is there. And this is a tremendous gift of the Lord to provide this blessing, this sense of delight, this, this place for, for enjoyment that goes on there. Um, and this, this process of, of offering gratitude again is, um, is what happens to us when we see the tremendous grace of God that is there before us each and every day. Um, even every breath that we take is a gift of God's goodness, of his grace. Every step that we take is empowered by him, by his spirit at work within us. And what Paul is saying is he is calling the church to be his witnesses is, man, seek after the Lord in prayer, give thanks to him regularly, and see the way in which that helps you to notice the details of your lives. Our youngest daughter, Evie, has, has grown in a, a love for, for ladybugs. And over the last month or so, ladybugs have become to come into our garden. Every time I see one, she's like, 80 bug, 80 bug, 80 bug. And she runs with excitement. Similar thing for our older girls and seeing flowers. And for us as those who are following after Christ, there is a sense of gratitude just in the sun rising. The little flowers that are there, the ladybugs, the details of our lives that God has put together. And there is a, a much greater level of, of gratitude that is going on here as well as um, for, for all of us who have put our faith, our hope, our trust in Christ, we have received tremendous grace from the Lord that I so often forget about as I walk around and I stub my toe in my distracted walking and I begin to, to curse saying, ah, this pain but I forget the, the incredible grace it is that, there, that God has placed nerves in my toe so I know to not push any farther. That, that even in the physical things is that Jesus the Lord came to live a life, a perfect life as the one sent from God to, to bear the, the wrath, the curse of sin, to take on the criticism I deserve that I might receive undeserving grace from him. And so part of our living watchfully is just looking around us to see things that we are grateful for, that we are thankful for, that we can remind ourselves of the gift of God. And I think one last thing in this spot of, uh, of thankfulness is if you're anything like me as various challenges and terrors have happened throughout the world of the war in Ukraine, of, of COVID, of just racial unrest and things, my first tendency when I see those things is to look at my phone and try and see, okay, maybe I can understand more what's going on. And before I know it, I am, I am doom scrolling, looking to see all the terrible things that are going on there. And that is not at all leading me to a space of 
seeking after the Lord. It, it is rather just becoming so overwhelmed of, oh, God, I don't know what to do. But, but our calling when we see those things is to take them to the Lord in prayer, to, to leave these things before him and say, Lord, thank you for your provision for my life. Lord, would you be at work in the lives of those that are there? So we're to live watchfully in our prayer. And the, the last thing that's noted in this, this prayer part is to be, the word I use is opportunistic there, to, to pray for opportunities. So continue steadfastly with prayer, being watchful in thanksgiving. At the same time, Paul says, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. And what's significant in this is Paul, who is one of the most bold apostles who, who shared the gospel for the, the leaders of his day, he is the one who is asking for God to open doors before him. And the other thing that is, is going on there in, in this request for prayer, one of the commentators says that, that Paul implies that it is God who prepares the way for the message of the gospel. God provides opportunities. God is the one who softens the heart of listeners by his grace. As we seek to share the, the goodness, the grace, the love that we have received, as we seek to share that with others, our, um, our hope and prayer is that God would be the one opening the doors, making a way for us, creating, creating space that the, the gospel would grow, would, would bear fruit before us. And I, when I think of this, you know, opportunities that open doors, I, I can't help but think of the uh, opportunistic sporting activities. I'm, I'm guessing you're picking it up. I, I, I love sports. Um, and there was um, a, a play that happened just this past week. I don't remember the player who it was, but it was in, it, within, a, within a baseball game. And a guy had a, a bloop, a bloop what looked like single to left field. And there was a shift that was there. I'm, I'm getting the details of baseball right here. But basically what was happened, the, the runner ran a second. He got there just ahead of the ball and there was nobody covering third, so he took off running, and he was able to see the opening and opportunistically step into that, that place that was there, to, to seize the opportunity that was laid before him, the, the open door within that. And um, this sense of praying for opportunities, I think, is one of the ways in which we open our eyes to see Lord, these are the people that are here before us. These are fellow image bearers of God, as Eric mentioned at the beginning. These are people who were made to worship, that their, their longings to be known by God, their longings to be loved can only be fulfilled in him. And when we pray for opportunities, we can't help but see those opportunities that are before us in our everyday lives to share the, the grace of God, to share his work, to share how he is involved in us. And so we're called to live watchfully, in our prayer. And, and second, we're called to live watchfully in our walk with wisdom toward outsiders. Um, and one thing that I'll, I've appreciated in hearing about, about Trinity is the, the way in which you guys emphasize over and over again, welcome. It is good to have you here. And I think one of the, the primary things that, that Paul was speaking of here is that within any sort of community, there are going to be those who feel like they are outsiders. There are going to be those who, who do not know, what is this person that you are worshiping? What is this thing that you are doing in this community group? Why are you waking up early on Sunday morning and going to a church? But there is a spot of an invitation of, hey, come, come on in. 
Come belong. Come be known. Come experience love. And that is what, what Paul desired is that we would walk with wisdom towards outsiders, that we would create ways for the outsiders to become the insiders, to, to know, to hear of who Jesus is, to know and hear of what it means to be actually listened to, to be cared for, to be walked with through, through life. And I think uh, another thing that is exceptionally helpful in this is a lot of what wisdom comes to is listening well. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry are the words of James. And if you look in our culture today, I feel like each of those areas, we pretty much do the opposite. Take, take a look at social media, what's on the news? Quick to listen? No, 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 no. I'm going to be the first to speak. Um, slow to speak? I just said it. And slow to become angry? It's how can I either say the most outlandish thing to stir up anger, or how can I get so angry at this person that I want to just yell, basically curse their existence? And the calling to, to walk in wisdom is for us to listen well to those, to hear what are the needs of the people that are before me? What are the cares? What concerns do they have? And how can I, can I learn from them? And it is amazing how, whether it be with your, your neighbors, with your, with your friends, the people that you love, you begin to learn about what it is that they love. Prior to having little girls, I had not seen the movie Frozen very much. Since having little girls in our home, I have watched Frozen 1 and Frozen 2 plenty of times. I can quote all the songs verbatim, but there is a sense in which they love this, I want to learn to love this too. And that's within a family setting. But for those that are, again, outside of our community, those that are our neighbors, our family, our friends, part of walking with wisdom is seeking to, to listen well to what they love, to, to learn to care for them, to, to pray for them, to, to seek to encourage them in those things, to use our time, our energy, what we have, that we might use our time well, that we might walk through the opportunities that the Lord has provided for us. That we might help welcome them into a place where they can belong, they can be known, they can experience friendship. So we live watchfully in our prayer, in our walk, and finally in our talk. In verse 6, it says this, Let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And again, there, there is so much that is, is going on within this, this text here. Um, but you can't help but, but note the, the seasoning with salt. And so, I, you know, I'm going to ask you guys a question that I was asked last night. It was with a, a group there. But if you had to eat only one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? The, the reason I say this, if you eat something, the I gave one answer last night, an answer that Sarah and I talked about afterwards, that I think tacos would be my choice today. There's a place that is across the street from, uh, from our house up in, in Roseville called Nick's Taco that has a phenomenal combination taco. The, the thing is that when you take a bite of it, you, you taste 
the aioli, the shrimp cooked to perfection, the steak that is in there beside it. And it is just something that's just a, you know, a mouthwatering experience. Like, I just want to keep on eating more and more of this. And I, I think what, what Paul is getting at here is for us as Christians, our speech is meant to be something where people want to hear more from us. They want to hear about the goodness of the the God that we serve. They want to hear about how God is at work in our lives. They want to hear more about what is going on. And we are the ones who are offering a foretaste of the kingdom of God through our very words, through our very lives. And when I hear that, I am convicted that so often I would rather vent about my struggles than I would share the grace of God at work within me. And so how can this happen for us? I think we as a community, as a body, need to be those who are encouraging each other to see the grace of God at work in our lives, reminding ourselves of how God has been at work in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, challenging one another to to say words of, of love, of care, of concern, of listening well, of of praying for and then following up of, hey, that person that you were praying for, have you had a chance to talk with them? Have you shared a little bit of their, their love? Or what have you learned about what they love that you can, you can walk with them? The words that we, we speak are meant to be gracious, warm, winsome. They are those that are meant to offer the delight that we have received. And I think within... Um, Within this process, this passion, another important thing for us is not only the words that come out of our mouths, but also the tone and the manner in which we speak them. And, and there is a, uh, a tremendous challenge for us, as I have said before, of so many of the words that are put in front of our face, whether it be on screens, through through Twitter, through social media, through news, are all coming from a tone of anger, of fear, of frustration. What we are asked to do here is to let our words be, be covered in the very grace of God, that people come to us, they speak to us, they know that our lives are different. And this, is, again, is not by our own power and strength, but it's because we have heard, received, understood the, the grace of God in our lives. And it's because of his grace that we reflect that grace, that we show that grace, that that, that, that grace is, is seen within us and that our people want to ask, man, Matt, how are you able to get through that challenging thing? How are you able to maintain patience in the midst of the struggles you're facing? How are you able to Continue to take steps forward in the midst of your, your weakness, your struggles, your pains. And that our lives are going to reflect the very amazing, abundant grace of God within us. And so I hope as you've seen this, this text, this calling, this place, that we are encouraged to live in a watchful manner. And the place that I think we have to close is that where you guys have been at and we'll be looking at is as we seek to live in light of the grace of God, as we seek to keep our eyes open 
in our prayer, as we seek to live watchfully um, in our walk towards outsiders, as we, as we seek to live watchfully in our, um, in our talk, is that how are we enabled to do this? It's because we have the Lord Jesus praying for us each and every day, interceding for us, that we might be those who, who live lives of grace, who embody this same grace, this love, throughout our everyday lives. And so as we go through this, this next week, this next season of life, my encourage to you would be to, to open your eyes, to look to see how God is at work, to look to see how you have received, how you have experienced his grace. And that that grace would overflow out of you into those that you, you talk with at work, at home, that God's grace would be so capturing, beautiful, and wonderful that you could not help but speak of it. And that when you see the beauty of uh, the Pacific Ocean, the palm trees, a smile on a child's face, a parent's face, you would know that it is a very grace of God and that when we open our eyes, we can't help but give thanks and praise to the one who has given us everything that we have. So let me close this in a, in a word of prayer here. Lord our God, we, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your peace that you've provided. Lord, we thank, thank you for the uh, examples that we see each and every day before us. Lord, would you move us to a place of gratitude, of praise, of hope. Lord, would you help us to be a people that you have poured out your grace upon that others can't help but taste of your goodness, of your grace. And Lord, would you show us again the wonder, the beauty of your love, of your grace for us. That we would see it again as amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And Lord, would you help us to be the very embodiment of that grace before others. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.